MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Friday night at the South Point, where would you rather be? I know I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, the Friday night. The eve of the championship weekend in the National Football League. We'll talk to Drew Dinsick from uh, NBC Sports Deep Dive podcast. Also, the uh, Bet the Edge podcast, I should say. Deep Dive is not the NBC Sports one. You know he's got two podcasts, and we'll do two segments with Drew later on the NBA, on the Australian Open, and Conference Championship weekend. And then the great Adam Levitan will join us. When that man speaks, people stop, people listen. People listen. Lines move. That's the kind of thing we'll do. First, some tip-offs and some uh, face-offs. Pistons and the Magic is the only game going off right now. So if you want to get in on this one, Magic are three-and-a-half-point home favorites. You can find anywhere from 216 to 217 as the total. 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific, we have the Celtics and the Hawks. The Hawks are, or in honor of Kelly, Hawks. The Hawks, Hawks. are two two-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Celtics. 217, 217 and a half. The total, 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific Lakers and the Hornets. Hornets are nine to nine and a half point. Home favorites over the Lakers, 226, 226 and a half. Your total, eight Eastern, five Pacific. The Nuggets and the Pelicans. Nuggets are four and a half to five point road favorites over the Pelicans, 219 and a half to 220. Your total, eight Eastern, five Pacific. The Clippers and the Heat. The Heat are seven and a half to eight and a half. So full full point difference there. Seven and a half to eight and a half home favorites. Two oh nine and a half to two ten and a half is your total. Pacers and the Thunder, eight Eastern, five Pacific. The Pacers are one to two point road favorites over the Thunder. Two twenty one and a half to two twenty two. Your total there. Blazers and the Rockets at eight Eastern, five Pacific. Blazers, three and a half point road favorites. There's a four out there as well. So three and a half to four point road favorites over the Rockets. 234, 234 and a half. Your total, eight Eastern, five Pacific, the Jazz and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are four and a half point home favorites over the Jazz, 225 and a half, 226. The total in that one. 830 Eastern, 530 Pacific, the Bulls and the Spurs. Spurs are one and a half to two point home favorites over the Bulls, 232 and a half. Your total there. Nine Eastern, six Pacific, Timberwolves and the Suns. Suns, seven and a half to eight point home favorites over the Timberwolves, 230 to 230 and a half is your total. And then one ten Eastern, seven Pacific game, the Knicks and the Bucks. The Bucks are nine to nine and a half point 
Home favorites, 216 and a half to 217. The total little, let's see, one, two, two different hockey games going down right this second. So if you want to get in on Red Wings and Penguins, that is happening right now. Penguins are the minus 275 home favorites, plus 220 on the road. Red Wings, Wild, and the Rangers also happening right now. Wild, minus 145 road favorites over the Rangers, plus 125 if you want the home underdog. 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, Avalanche and Blackhawks. Avalanche minus 185 road favorites, plus 160 on the Blackhawks as home underdogs. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, we have the Capitals and the Stars. The Stars are minus 130 home favorites over the Capitals, plus 110 if you would like the road dog there. And then 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Bruins and the Coyotes. The Bruins are minus 295 road favorites over the Coyotes. You can find as high as plus 250 on the home Coyotes. Wow. Well done. You earned your pay. There it is. Will Zalatoris, one-stroke lead. Will Zalatoris in the clubhouse uh, after his third round at the Farmers Insurance Open to Torrey Pines. One-stroke lead over both Justin Thomas and John Rahm. Thomas and Rahm still on the course with a few holes to play. And then uh, the likes of Jason Day up there as well, uh, knocking at the door. Willie Z would be huge for you guys. Let's go. Yeah, it would. Willie Z would be. Willie Z would be better than Rom. Okay. Let's yeah, go Willie if, Z. If you're Matt Brown, you have the top three on the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. So he's he's feeling pretty good. Although Jason Dye might be giving him a little bit of fear. Jason Dye. Jason Dye lurking. Uh, but uh, yeah, Willie Z would be fantastic. All right, let's get that done. NFL today just announced New York Giants new head football coach Brian Dable comes over. From the Buffalo Bills, he, of course, the offensive coordinator in past years with the Bills, was rumored uh, heavily to have a job last year and then sort of uh, didn't get one at the very end when the likes of Brandon Staley ended up with the Chargers, thought Dable might go there. But when Joe Shane was hired as the general manager last week, you might have drawn the line to Brian Dable. If you did, you were right. He's your new coach in New York. I mean, listen, this is this is going to be a, a pretty big challenge for him because – Everyone's going to expect him to come in and do with Daniel Jones what he did with Josh Allen. And uh, (laughs) Josh Allen and Daniel Jones are not the same person at all. So it is going to be incredibly, you know, I think he's going to be under the gun there in year one. And I don't think that's necessarily, you know, fair for him because, again, Josh Allen, one of the most physically gifted guys. I mean, listen, we've talked about it. It was coming out of the draft. Everyone was talking about the accuracy. It was never the physical abilities. The huge arm, everyone always knew that. Could run, everyone always knew that. It was, okay, this guy can't throw the ball accurately enough. Well, comes to find out, Gil, you can teach someone to throw the ball accurately when you fix some of their mechanics. We didn't know. Who knew? And you fix some of their mechanics, and you tell them what to do. Now, the problem is, is I don't know if, if Daniel Jones, he obviously doesn't have the physical skills that, that, that Josh Allen's working with in the first place. And so I don't think it's really fair to think that Dayball's going to be able to come in there and, and do the reclamation project with Daniel Jones. One of the, one of the things, though, that did kind of cross my mind as this got announced, I was like, hmm, he was in Buffalo. They had a backup there that was on a one-year deal. Oh, wow. I know going with this. I was like, if you're, uh, if you're Mr. Trubisky, don't you just go sign with the Giants real quick? Because you ain't ever playing quarterback in Buffalo. I mean, sans injury. You have a year underneath your belt of the guy who is now the head coach, and he's got no loyalty to Daniel Jones whatsoever. So Daniel Jones stinks it up. I think it would be an interesting. I don't know if I was if I was the agent. I'm sure I don't have to plant this. I like seed, when you. If, I like when you ruminate like that. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I, 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 if I were real Mr. Trubisky, I mean, like you know, hey. 
hey, coach, you want me to uh, you want me to come sign and and press your uh, press your boy over there? I'll, I'll I'll get Daniel Jones some competition in camp. I think that would be pretty interesting because um, again, it was the the deal with Trubisky is the same thing we said was a lot of these different quarterbacks, right? Like, do we know for sure he stinks because of the situation he was in? You know, like, do we know for sure he stinks? We don't know. They're also in both the cases of Trubisky and Jones, right? It's it's where they were drafted that makes yeah. us hate them so, or not yeah. hate them so, but think they're such poor quarterbacks. No, they're just not as good as where they were drafted, right? right? Two for Trubisky, four for Daniel Jones. Trubisky by trade, Daniel Jones just an overdraft, at least at this point in his career. Uh, Teron Matthew, the never-ending concussion saga, still in the protocol. Practice today, though. Right now expected to play Sunday in the AFC Championship game versus the Bengals. That's per Andy Reid. And then Sean McVay, with some news from the Rams, says that uh, offensive lineman Andrew Whitworth and linebacker Ernest Jones will be able to play on Sunday. Uh, Notable doubtful with the peck. Von Jefferson with the knee. Uh, Rap. In protocol, rap will be huge. All those things we talked about, courtesy of Dr. Eric Eager, about how the Rams' defense changes based on how the Niners play offense, really takes them out of their identity. Rap would be huge if he is not going to go. But all three of those guys, Notaboom Jefferson and Rap, listed as questionable. Yeah, Rap looks like he's going to be able to go. He was able to practice. I mean, the only thing with him is he's been in the protocol for a couple of weeks now so his must have been a regular season concussion as opposed to a postseason concussion and like they're they're treating it as such or something because he didn't clear in a week like everybody sort of else. like the COVID that goes away yeah yeah so yeah. he in the postseason he, he he had the he had the multi-week kind of concussion thing here that said he was able to get in a couple of pr- different practices that all signs point to him being cleared in the protocol same thing with Matthew I mean he got in full practice today he hasn't been officially cleared but all signs point to him being cleared as well with this. So it looks like we're going to have the majority of these teams at pretty full strength as we go into this, which, again, is is what we all want to see, right? I mean, we want to see everybody. I mean, Trent Williams came out today, and even though he hadn't practiced all week, I mean, he was the number one graded offensive lineman in all the NFL. So if he tells the coach I'm going to play – he probably is going to play. Yeah. Um, he didn't practice all week. That said, Shanahan said today that um, he is adamant, talking about Trent, that he is adamant that he is going to play on Sunday. So he's playing. So he's he's playing. He's like, hey, I ain't practicing, but I'm, I'm playing. Here's the thing about Trent Williams, in case you don't know. When Trent Williams puts his mind to something, it happens. He literally sat out a season in D.C. Season plus with just like, I'm not playing for you guys anymore because you botched my medical care. <laughs> and so uh, that man will play on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. He's at least going to give it a go, right? I mean, it, there's no way in a, in a game like this where – we all think that the, the, the offensive line is going to play such an incredible role in their run game, protecting Jimmy Garoppolo, et cetera, et cetera, that they're at least not going to give him a chance. I mean, like, look, he might go out there and this ankle injury is just too much and, he, and he's not able to go and they might have to pull him out of there. But he's certainly going to at least give it the old college try. And, again, they get the good stuff injected into their ankles. and so Ah, the good stuff. Yeah. And well, he has two weeks to recover. So, I mean, even if it's, uh, you know. like Good point. Yeah. That's right. Next week is the Pro Bowl here in uh, Las Vegas, and then the Super Bowl in two weeks. Um, one bit of NBA news, and Kelly, I'll ask you to, uh, to answer this question, but uh, Ben Simmons, no longer an object of pursuit of the Sacramento Kings. What was your favorite moment of the Sacramento Kings' pursuit of Ben Simmons? What moment was the best for you? <laughs> when it was first announced. I, yeah, today? <laughs> when it was first announced like three weeks ago, they were yeah. in talks. But the uh, I don't think it's completely dead yet. Like, this is... 
I, I mean, until we hit the actual trade deadline, nothing's dead or nothing's alive, right? I, I'm sure that the Sixers are still asking for an extreme amount in exchange for him, and that's going to lessen and lessen every day we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. And the trade deadline is? The 14th of the 14th, February. Valentine's Day. Do we, is this Ben Simmons thing still a thing? Like people, I mean, you think the Sacramento Kings fan base is like distraught over this lack of pursuit now? February 10th. By Thank the way. you, February 10th. Off. So closer to that. Uh, we're talking 13 days from now. I mean, I think the Sixers have to do something. I, but I've been saying that since before the season. We were sitting here before the season talking about it. I, especially right now with how well Joel Embiid is playing and – I mean, the Nets are having their same old injury issues and Kyrie issues and whatever. I, you can't you can't mit, pass up on this window. You got to make a move. They don't seem to have any leverage on this at all. No, I mean, yeah. Good luck, John Rom putting. I'm not sure if this is for par or birdie. It means something to a lot of people around here. We'll come back. We'll look at the most passing yards this weekend in the NFL. The most receiving yards. The most rushing yards. It is Vincent's primetime action. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Justin Thomas to save par. It's going to come up to the right. No. Oh, yeah. oh, side door. Yes, he gets it in. Remains one back. We'll talk about that on one of these free podcasts. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. What do you know? Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, Wide World of Wine Garden, and Mo. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Seriously, in this golf tournament, Matt, what could go wrong? You've got Willie Z. You've got Rom. You have J- you have some JT, too? Yeah. So Jason Day and Cameron Tringale are your kryptonite yeah. right and now. Jason, and, 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 and Cameron and Tringale's never won, a, never won a tournament, so he's sure to just bypass three of the best players in, in the world and, and win this tournament and leave me empty-handed. Sung J 12-under. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. saw that come up. So I, I have, I have two, in, two outrights in the top five. Matt has three outrights in the top five. What could possibly go wrong tomorrow, Matt? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, by the way, DJ quietly four back. DJ. Yeah, he uh, he missed some opportunities on his uh, front nine. Mm-hmm. And that lurker, Daniel Berger, five back. Cameron Young, who's 
eight under for the day, excuse me, nine under for the day for par to remain two back. There's the stroke. Oh, he oh, missed it. He lipped it out. it out. He hates himself. Uh, too bad. I'm so sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I'm Gary. broken up about it, Gil. Yeah, uh, really broken tell. up about it. Let's just kick another Cameron out of there. Like, like all the Camerons. <laughs> so many Camerons. The yeah. thing about that, he was on his way to, a, to an epic, epic uh, round of golf. Not so much now. All right. Uh, let's look at some props for this weekend, championship weekend, as John Rom tees off. Uh, most passing yards. In the National Football League this weekend, your four players, of course, all four quarterbacks, with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow being evenly priced at plus 175, Matthew Stafford plus 225, and then Jimmy G, one of these things is not like the other, six to one. I think you would be wasting money on Garoppolo. Me too. So it would be one of the other three. I understand why the top two are priced the same because it is one of those deals where, one, highest total game. Two, we don't believe that this is going to be a ground battle. Now, listen, they could, they could, they could change something on us. And, and, you know, next thing we know, both of these teams are trying to battle it out on the ground. I do not think that, that is going to be the case. I think there's going to be a ton of throwing here. As we said, Cincinnati over the last six weeks of the season, the most pass-happy team in all of the NFL. So I can't imagine they are going to when they started to play really well, change that up too incredibly much in this game. So I imagine they'll just continue throwing a ton. So honestly, it, it if you, I think, it, weirdly enough, I think if you have conviction in the Chiefs, you'd probably bet Burrow because the 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 thing would be that at some point, yeah, it's a Mahomes would quit throw. Yes, yeah, so he's got to quit catch. Yeah, so it's like in a weird way. I think your your correlation would be if you like the Chiefs in the game, then you'd you'd bet Burrow for for something like this. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And if you, if if you like the Bengals in that game, you might just be staying away completely yeah. from this market, right? Or, or if you think the Rams are going to really you know roll it up on the Niners, maybe you look Stafford's way. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's, that would be the one play. Though we all would admit we would not bet this if we had the opportunity. I don't. I don't like this one a ton, and, and especially considering. I mean, look, you can just bet. I mean, it's, obviously you're not getting plus one seventy five, but I mean you're just laying one ten if you just want to bet their passing props, right? I mean, like right. if you're that, yeah. Like if you're that, you know, wouldn't 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 you hate if like you you have Burrow and and he throws for four ten and Mahomes throws for four twenty one or something or whatever, you know? And it's and like you would have been easily you over. the overall yeah. Burrow's passing yeah. total. And you'd you'd have surpassed about a hundred yards, you know? So I mean, Justin I understand Thomas. it's not plus one seventy five, but I mean, JG before, just went out of bounds. Yeah, he just went out of bounds, oh. like down the cliffside on uh, off the tee. Oh boy, yeah. Oh yeah. brother. Well. There's that. There's that. Jason Day's got a tough putt for par on 18 to remain one back of Zalator's. Odds to have the most receiving yards on Sunday. Cooper Cup, plus 225. Jamar Chase, plus 450. The usual suspects. Tyreek, 6-1. Travis Kelsey, plus 650. T. Higgins, the only other person in double, excuse me, in single digits at plus 850. Debo at 10-1 leaves the double-digit parade. Would you make a long shot bet here? I think a long, a long-ish shot bet would be kind of the way to go in this one. So, if you guys go and look at that Week 17 game, Jamar Chase had 11 catches for 266 yards. You would think that conventional thinking would be, we're not going to let him do that again. 
I don't know, Gil. I mean, like, <laughs> 11 for 266. Yeah. I would think that maybe you, you, the defense you, goes, we might want to – Maybe not single we, coverage. Yeah, we might, might want to figure out a way to – yeah. Do, so, I mean, I think, I think Higgins is pretty interesting, right, at, at 850 because, you know, Burrow's not going to just lock on Jamar Chase if he's if he's getting double covered. I mean, he'll just he'll spread it around. So how many 50-50 jump balls did he catch in that game? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I think for this one, when I was kind of typing these up, I I just had the thought of how many how many four team combinations could you put together, and Tyreek Hill would be third in this market. You know, what I mean, like I think there's almost automatic like automatic value in him at six to one just because. I don't know, he's he's usually the top whenever we look at this market. He's o- got, only shorted by the offensive player of the year and the rookie of the year. Right, which are understandable. Yeah. It's understandable why it's this way, but I think you are getting a little bit of value on a Tyreek Hill who's had a lot more big yardage games than those other two guys have over his career. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at the rest of these, like Boyd's not a – that type of receiver, right? He's he's the over the yeah. middle possession guy. Ozoma obviously a tight end, so I mean it's it's not really him. You, you could you could make a really long shot case for a Van Jefferson, or you know because he's he is the downfield like whatever. But I mean, or a he just gets so even, little but, volume that it's like he would have to break loose yeah. on two of his four catches that he's going to get in the game, you know, and like, that's just, that's not very likely. Yeah. I, I would put him and Pringle in that camp, right? Yeah. Like they, they, either one could theoretically win this, but you're right. It's probably on two of their four catches, busting it yeah. for 70 yards. I actually, <clears throat> if you made me bet one of these, I think it's Debo at 10 to one, just because he does get volume and the yak is ridiculous sometimes with him. So, I mean, that would be my only flyer here. And, I think. and who knows how the 49ers pl- play him with their game plan, right? Like, everybody's locked onto him running the ball now. Maybe they spread him out wide, move him around more this game. You never know. I, I think that's another good way to look well, at yeah, it. Well, how they utilize him is going to be super, super interesting in, in, in all this. I mean, the, the way that they did his props this week, it's like it's high 50s receiving and, and 39 and a half rushing right so basically they they're like he's going to get 100 total yards we just don't really know how it's going to come we're not really sure if it's going to be rushing or receiving and that's kind of how they went about about his props i mean the only other one that is at least fairly interesting right is is so say they do use debo far 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 more as a as a runner as opposed to a receiver yep. then Ayuk is at least somewhat interesting yeah there's some value there yeah like at least somewhat interesting if debo because again we should mention he's got to play but i mean Eli Mitchell did he missed Wednesday, limited both both Thursday, Friday practice. So there's a little bit of a knee thing apparently going on with him. So, I mean, maybe that where last week we were, no, three weeks ago we were like, hmm, if we get Debo Samuel six to eight carries, this seems good. And it was like, well, if we get Debo Samuel eight to ten carries, this seems to be good. He did get the ten carries. What if this turns into 12 carries or 14 carries or something like that? And then they have to, you know, because they're just using him more primarily at running back. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they got to throw to someone. And so it would be, you know, Ayuk uh, would be the, the logical choice there. No, I said Jason Day was punting for par. I, I was wrong. I know. He was punting for birdie and he sunk it. I looked up. I was like, that's not what Gil said. That's not what Gil said. Take it <laughs> off. Take the, take the graphic off. Co-leader, Jason Day, 14 under with Willie Z. And then finally, uh, odds to have the most rushing yards on Sunday. Elijah Mitchell of the Niners is the short shot at 2-1. to one. Joe Mixon of the Bengals and Cam Akers of the Rams both at 3-1. to one. And Debo is your short shot for the Niners at plus 550 and the fourth short shot in the market itself. Well, we know about Cam Akers that he can fumble all he wants and Sean McVay is going to still keep feeding him the rock, yeah. apparently. I think... 
I think the only so here's the here's the weird thing about all the names. I think the, the only surefire, and I still wouldn't bet it because I just don't think he's going to get the volume. But the only surefire guy that's the number, the only guy is, is Mixon. Like everybody else yeah. has people yeah. stealing right. carries. That's right from them, right? Like there's uh, Jarrett McKinnon played twice the snaps Clyde edwards Alaire did last week, and if you know, even if they try to balance that out a little bit more, that's still a 50-50 split, right? And so you got Debo's going to siphon off carries from Eli Mitchell. You got, we assume Sony Michelle's going to get more carries this week as opposed to letting K-Makers nearly fumble the game away last week. So, I mean, the only guy up there that doesn't have competition for carries is Mixon. Yeah, that's not to say he's going to win, but I'm just saying like right, he's yeah, at least the yeah. only guy that like is not and it you know be, it would just be so it would be so tough to pull the trigger on that yeah. bet though, right? When you think it's going to be more of a passing game, yeah, I know this market's hard. I think it would be the for me it'd be so it would be take a longer shot of some kind. So because of what you just said, so it would be maybe Sony Michelle hoping that they're giving up on Cam Akers, but you're. That's quite a lot of hope you'd have to go yeah. into in making a bet. I'd bet Debo and receiving at 10 to 1, Debo and rushing at 5 to 1, and hope that one comes home. I actually think there is that a valid actually be a pretty good strategy, yeah. You know, how are you going to play him, Niners? Oh, boy. Who's that right there? Rom. <laughs> oh, it kept going, though. Kept going, though. You have Too a, much spin. You have Aaron Ray two shots Too back, good. by the way. Did the last two tournaments. <laughs> Not this one. Drew Dinsick joins us next to talk tennis, basketball, and of course the NFL. It's next, Beeson's Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on Beeson, the sports betting network. Never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure Visa's part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. Oh, yes, that. But then on Big Game Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage. How's that possible? Well, because it starts Friday night with us on Primetime Action. Through the big game, BetCast, our sixth annual live big game BetCast. Stormy Bonatoni will run point. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. John Rom putting now. See, uh, oh, that looked. Oh, oh. oh. Lipped it out. It was right to left, and he lips it out. That was for birdie and a share. For birdie and a share. He remains one back. One hole to play for John, I believe. Is that 17? We'll oh. Find. I think you're See, right. See, here's the deal, though. He's going to be angry tomorrow. Is that what happens? Yeah. He's he's going to be mad about that. Part. You don't want an angry John Rahm. No. Yeah, he's, that, he's going 1,900 tomorrow. Yeah, that was 17. So he's got one more hole to play. One stroke behind Jason Day and Will Zalatoris, who are both in the clubhouse at 14 under. Rahm tied with Thomas and M. One back. He's going to double eagle this five par five right here. M's still on the course, too, huh? Him still doing his thing? No, no he's, he's done. I think he's he just done. finished he's up. JT's yeah. still on the course, but he's having all kinds of trouble. This is uh, Justin Thomas now for bogey. One stroke back. Hmm. Oh. What was that? Interesting. That was by Justin Thomas, sir. That was, that was, that was the Justin that, Thomas intro. Is that what happens with Justin Thomas all the time? Bing, boom, bing. We have bets coming up once JT puts, uh, once he takes us. Takes a swing at this here. My NFL all day pack is ready, Matt. That's what, <laughs> is that's that what, what that was? was. That's what that sound was. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> he just got in yesterday. He didn't text you about it. It's a late comer. No, he just got in like the. He, he was only eligible to even get this as of yesterday, and then he's the only one out of all of us that it's got like one. Me and Von Vrinkel been, have been eligible to get one of these for a while now, and, and here, here comes Kelly, Kelly swooping in. Kelly's like, the first person I'm not telling is Matt. Swooping in. 
Oh no, I was <laughs> no, in. They let I was me just, know about it. I was in. I was just way, way off. Bing, boom. Jay, I was uh, the last to get an invite. Justin Thomas bogey. He does get the bogey in, but he's too back with one stroke to play. Well, one stroke to play here in the third round of the Farmers Insurance. All right, we have some bets. Yes, Kelly. Yeah, we do. What do you got first? Let's yeah, go I got here. NBA tonight. I do have the Heat. I'm laying seven uh, with the Heat tonight. They are hosting the Clippers at home. Uh, yeah, I've been riding this hot Heat team lately. They are uh, the hottest team in the NBA, hottest team in the uh, Eastern Conference. And this Clippers team, this is game six, I believe, of this road trip. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, game six of this road trip for them on. Uh, they are on. Still got a couple games after this. Heading down to Miami after that game in Orlando on Wednesday night. After that craziness in Washington on Tuesday night. I think this is going to be a tough spot for them tonight. No Marcus Morris in the lineup. Um, differential, just net rating differential in these two teams the past two months is about 14 points. Um, so I'm laying seven with the Heat here. I also tied the Heat into uh, a parlay tonight. I'm doing Heat Bucks Chiefs money line parlay to get the weekend wow. started. Look at you. Added an NBA future as well last night. Bucks to win the Central Division at minus 125. So hmm. I wanted to get that out there. Okay. Um, it's funny how tennis tournaments work. Uh, the match to match wasn't so good this uh, this tournament, but eager to win the quarter came uh, win the quarter came home at plus 250. And have now both Daniil Medvedev and Ash Barty on the doorstep after Medvedev beat Tsitsipas in four sets last night. Barty's minus 550 for the, uh, the match against Danielle freaking Collins tonight. I am on the under. Under 20 and a half total games. I think that Barty takes her down easy peasy. And so I'm under 20 and a half on that minus 139. Uh, laid the juice on the 20 and a half as opposed to playing the 20. So 20 and a half under minus 139. And then there's the Barty. Uh, future from before the tournament at plus 220. Yes, I did lose an Iga uh, future, so Ash Barty was protection against Iga, while Medvedev is protection against Sasha Zverev. Have that at plus 180, so that's still going. But the only play tonight, I uh, didn't have anything last night. The only play tonight is the under in total games. This one's just after midnight Pacific. It's in the middle of the night, East Coast time, 3.30. Uh, Melbourne time is what causes that. But under 20 and a half games, minus 139, my tennis bet of the day. Drew Dinsick knows a little something about tennis. He's the uh, co-host of the Deep Dive podcast and Bet the Edge podcast. The former he does with his buddy Andy Molitor. The latter with Sarah Perlman at NBC Sports. How you doing, man? Oh, doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. Happy, uh, you know, Friday here at the business end of the Australian Open. Yes. Uh, And you know what's funny, Gil? Usually this time of year, we're like, whew. Almost so, almost through. We're gonna get back to like a normal sleep schedule, but you know what? Mm-hmm. We're like a week away from the Olympics starting. Oh, those are, also, those are also in a very disadvantageous time window. Din- so, uh, Dinsick all week long right next through. week. <laughs> Nothing but Dinsick Winter Olympics coverage. Yo, I next forgot week. to ask him about it too. After I said last week, we need Drew yes. on. So I need some hot curling bets from uh, Drew this week. That's that's right. Or next week. But by the way, we're we're, we're Kelly, Kelly, yeah. Kelly. The the curling market. The curling market is razor sharp. You got to go Oof. for the soft, the soft, go for the soft stuff in the Olympics. Kelly, Kelly come on. Everybody knows that, Kelly. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. God, I'm embarrassed myself. Everybody knows curling markets are sharp. Such a sharp market. Uh, Drew, come on. Uh, okay, do you have anything tonight? I went under in games with uh, Ash Body and freaking Collins. 
Ash Batty. No, that's uh yeah, freaking Collins. Man, my goodness. Um freak, freaking Clara Tauses should be here, really, is she where really I'm at be. on this one. Yeah. Um man, she had that match completely in hand and bottled it last this this exact time last week, I feel like. Um, but yeah, the uh uh I agree with you hundred percent. I think uh you can either play that games uh, you can either play the games uh, handicap or the under. You're basically making the same bet either way. Um in the off chance that Daniel Collins somehow, some way holds on and gets to a tie break in the first set. Uh, you're a little bit better protected with the game spread in my opinion, but I would not stop anyone from under 20 and a half either. Yeah. And you have a lot of NBA stuff tonight as well. Oh man. It's a monster card in the NBA tonight. Um, there's basically a rest advantage in almost every single game. So this was tough to narrow it down to just a handful. Um, but the, um, the looks that I was especially uh, fond of uh, Celtics is my favorite. I p- played them on the money line. Um, that's mostly moved in my favor. Uh, I played the heat minus seven. There's been some resistance there. Somebody uh, against me on that one. So I'm curious to find out how the heat ultimately play heat basically at full strength outside of Lowry uh, expecting a very uh, uh, complete game from them. And realistically heat look like they, you know, they look like the um, odds on favorite to be the one seed in the Eastern conference. As we sit and stare at this very flat Eastern conference, um, the Milwaukee bucks, I'm expecting a bounce back performance from them. They're taking on the New York Knickerbockers who, um, are in shambles. I think that's a fair way to describe it. Yeah. Um, but the bucks, huge, huge rest advantage over the Knicks. Uh, and then the rockets have a nice little rest advantage over the, um, uh, Portland trailblazers. And, uh, I'm not exactly sure what Portland has shown us this season to warrant favorite status, even against the dregs of the NBA, including the rockets. But, uh, uh, the rockets, uh, at least have some fun, young, exciting players who have some advantage matchups on this, uh, Portland team. So, uh, I got some, some rockets plus three and a half as well. He just moved back in your way, Drew. So feel good about that. Oh, good. Eight, eight and a half cool. right now in favor of the Heat. Oh, geez. Yes. Is somebody out for uh, L.A.? I mean, everyone's out for L.A., but. Uh, no, that was just, uh, uh, it was Jimmy Butler being listed as what he was questionable earlier, but now he's a ghost. So that moved from seven to eight, eight and a half. Ah, very good. Very good. That makes sense. Um, he matters. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> he <does>. Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler matters. <laughs> uh, breaking news on the, uh, uh, as we uh, break down the NBA here in great detail. But yeah, no, the NBA, uh, this, this, uh, last week, it, it, it's been a, a very successful. I mean, really, this whole season has been a, an absolute joy to bet the NBA. And uh, uh, if you want a little early look tomorrow, uh, likely going to get involved with the Pelicans tomorrow. Take it on the uh, the Celtics, who are on a back to back. Probably going to get involved with Dallas, uh, who gets to beat up on the poor, sad Pacers. Uh, and then uh, Washington Wizards, kind of an interesting matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow. So uh, three looks for me on the uh, on the Saturday card. Drew, I know you could do a whole segment on this, but you have 90 seconds. What is the, uh, what is, what do you do? Are you dabbling in the MVP market at all? I have basically stayed away because I don't really think that there's a right answer right now. <laughs> uh, I, if you made me take a play out of all of these numbers that are, you know, that are uh, generally market fair, um, I'm going to swing on Jokic over Giannis, over Curry, over Embiid. Um, and Jokic is, it is only because, uh, I have the greatest confidence that he can sustain the level that he is at through the duration of this season. Now the nuggets are probably going to be in the sixth seed, maybe even the plan. And at that point, like people will literally just write off Jokic on that basis alone and not give him consideration for MVP, even though all the advanced stats would tell you he's the most valuable player in the NBA and his defense has taken an enormous leap this season. Um, but, uh, I'm, I worry about 
Embiid's health always. I worry about, um, you know, people looking at Giannis as, uh, you know, the Bucks taking a step back this season with their, what their record is going to look like at the end of the year. And then Curry obviously has cooled off significantly. So I think people, he's going to need to heat up pretty quick, pretty, uh, pretty substantially down the stretch to, to warrant serious consideration. Come on, Steph, turn it around, turn it around. Yes. Already. You got some Steph I got in some, your pocket. I got some Steph and I got some jaw. You know, I know one, I one other fun one I played. I played, uh, I played Chris Paul at 100 to one. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Um, I know he's not scoring enough to really warrant the counting stats consideration, but uh, that team's going to win seven. All right, Drew, hang out because we want to get your uh, men's Australian Open final thoughts, and of course, we want to get your thoughts in the National Football League Championship games. Aaron Rye for. Not gonna come. Birdie. Back. Not coming. Not. Oh! oh, Aaron Rye, one stroke back. Coming back with Drew Dinsick. Prime time action from the South Point. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join the playoff action with the Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight-part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Only John Rahm and uh, JT still on the course here. Yes, a little bit of a little bit of news here. Um, this is Jason Lockenfora talking about uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady retirement decision is imminent, he says, and he says he was looking at this, according to people close to him, as very likely the last dance without proclaiming it the last dance. And that is according to Jason Lockenfora. So when you're saying retirement decision. Not a decision on whether to retire or not. What you are intimating is that I, he is going to I, retire. I can only, I don't. I don't know. This is all I can read. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I don't. I, I don't have the the context of what he said. But um, let's just flash it my best before we go back to Drew. You will see at the bottom here. I banged that he would retire five times in faraway places. We're missing one on the screen there, but I did it five times. The top one was plus three ninety eight. When I talked about it on air, it was plus four forty. By the time I finished talking and got to it, it was plus three ninety eight. I read his comments, read meaning not literally but figuratively, his comments about Giselle and his family as a absolute cry that he was going to retire. I was steadfast in that, and the market was still plus 440 
that he would re- that he, you know on the would he retire before week one plus four forty was yes. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And in the bold strategy, uh, that's a bold strategy, Cotton uh, Department here. Josh McDaniels has informed the Raiders that he won't accept their interview request unless he is being offered the job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Bold strategy, McDaniels. Well, Sean McCullough, Sean McCullough in the quarter is a diehard Raiders fan. He's he's like Just what? Laughed audibly over there. Yeah, uh, I, I mean there were those weird tweets going around about that yesterday. That like if if the Raiders were offering a job, McDaniels must be must be about taking it already because they uh, apparently he's like only fielding offers that he's willing to take. But what what is, I mean but. How do you get to a point in life where you're like, I don't do interviews? I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> you just give me the job. That's yeah. how this works. What are, what are you, Obama? Like, what are you? <laughs> I'm just starting to, like, not pick it on him, just, like, celebrity level. Like, what, I mean, like, it would, it would be ridiculous enough if he would be like, I'm only doing Zoom interviews. Like, I'm not flying to Las Vegas right. or whatever. Like, whatever. But instead, he's like, yeah, no interviews whatsoever. John Rom. You just shipping. give me the job. Shot number three on the par five eighteen for Rom. He's got to go up and down it here for Birdie. Oh, He's going to no. have a lot of work left yeah. for the bird. Oh, no. He didn't, he didn't clear that little rough. Drew Densick uh. is still with us. We've been rude. Hello, Drew. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about no, that. No, I'm digesting, I'm digesting this very... Uh... Crazy story about McDaniel's man. <laughs> what? What? I mean, what is that? I'm sorry. You either you it's, either offer me the there's job. Prob- <laughs> now, there's probably some ridiculous like um, he, maybe he read some book that was like how to get what you want in life. And <laughs> if you you know you're like no, I'm going to interview you. Like yeah. that's how this. Is. That's basically what that's basically what this is, right? Like he's like you, you know you offer me the job and I will come and interview you and decide if I will take the job. That's awesome. That's, that's uh, that is balls, man. Wow. He, he won't Ooh. even do that much. All right, before we get your football thoughts for the weekend, you do have an Australian Open men's thought for not tonight, but for tomorrow night. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, my guy Medvedev uh, here to try to pick up his second slam in two consecutive opportunities. Which has never Um, been done before, Drew. No one has won their first and then followed it up with their second in the next slam, which is amazing. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Uh, has ever, anyone ever won the Australian Open as old as Rafa Nadal is? There may be some history on both sides here. Yeah, well, um, 21 would be history, right? Oh, 21 would be history. Yeah, yeah, 21 would be history. That's right. So history will be made uh, one way or the other here. So you must tune in. Um, interesting market, really, and interesting tournament for both of these players. Um, I think if you had told me pre-tournament that you were, we were going to see this final I would have said, "Wow, Nadal gets there," and I would have. And if you told me the the uh, you know Nadal was going to be in the plus one sixty range, I would have said, "Are you joking?" Like he, you know, this, this definitely this market speaks, I think, a little bit to recency bias here because Nadal has looked less vulnerable. I guess if you just are looking at score lines here uh, as he makes it into this final, um, Medvedev is, in my opinion, is a substantially better player uh, on this surface in particular. And uh, Medvedev is in general, um, he's a Djokovic light in my opinion. Uh, he does, you know, his approach to the game, his mindset, his, you know, how he wants to the, uh, you know, his path to victory is so similar. Um, it's, uh, and he, I think he honestly openly fashion, you know, has said he fashions his game after a lot of what Djokovic does. Um, and you know, that is basically, he, he's willing to, uh, stand back. He's willing to do, you know, to be the, the backboard, the baseline rally guy. Uh, and I think he puts this match on Nadal's racket in terms of forcing Nadal to make, 
make the spectacular shots, forcing Nadal to run around the court uh, and then just ultimately waiting him out, waiting for his legs to go and then preying on him late in this match. So um, I think ultimately this is a pretty one-sided, you know, one-sided match in terms of strength of player in favor of Medvedev. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of Nadal's path to get here is kind of obscured by the fact that guys just sort of got out of his way. Berrettini played a miserable first half of that match against Nadal uh, uh, in the semifinals. Similarly, I thought Shapovalov effectively, if if Shapovalov brings the same quality shot making that he had versus Zverev into that match against Nadal, he beats him comfortably. I feel like. And, yeah. uh, he, he was out of it from jump street. Cause his just, his mental game wasn't even close. Uh, Medvedev. I feel like we haven't even seen the best of him. I saw better quality tennis from him at the ATP cup, uh, than we've seen from him at the Australian open so far. So I feel like he does have some stuff in his back pocket that he's waiting to deploy in this particular matchup. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, you know, I think most likely scoreline here, Nadal takes the first set Medvedev wins three, one beyond after that. Um, Ooh. Medved, if this, if the doll gets two sets here, I won't be shocked. I'll be, uh, you know, I will have lost my, uh, my only ad, which is Medvedev minus one and a half sets. Um, but I can also see, uh, you know, a match here where Medvedev wins three zero, if he can l- raise his level to what we saw wow. uh, in the same way he did against, uh, I mean, hey, I mean, hey, kill. Hey, we're, 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 we're not even that many months away from him beating Djokovic three. I know, man. In the, in I, the know. US I, I hope you're right. I got the plus one eighty yeah. on it. What do you think about Grigor Dimitrov beating Rafael Nadal? Yeah. Though? Cause that's who we have pictures. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, I wasn't uh, going to say anything. Uh, I, 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 I like. I looked at Gil, and then Gil looked at me, and I was like, "Are you going to say it, or I'm going to say it?" And I guess uh, like, all right. yeah. I, I, I'll take I'll take Nadal plus one fifty. Listen, listen, <laughs> Dimitrov, like one of the like Dimitrov, I would at least sit and have a beer with. So at least that guy I would like, I'd probably like sit down and have a, have a cocktail with. I would not oh, uh, Medvedev. That's for sure. It doesn't it seem was like the very the, famous Dimitrov Nadal best of that went five sets, right? In 2017. Uh, no, I think uh, there was one in uh, Australia too. Oh, uh, yeah. The year that Nadal Federer met and went five in one of the most epic tennis matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, that was 2017. I think Nadal dispatched Dimitrov in the, he came from behind to beat him in the semis that year. Um, but uh, Dimitrov, we haven't seen quality out of him in a while. So nope. I'll take it all. Much better looking guy than Medvedev. <laughs> yeah. Medvedev would love to look like that. That's true. Yes. yes. Yeah, Medvedev would love to look like that. There's no doubt about that. All right, Drew, we don't have a lot of time, so let's uh, let's get these football thoughts here. You are you are on the Chiefs. Explain yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look across these three teams, you know, four teams that uh, have made it to this level of the uh, NFL playoffs, and one of these teams is not like the other, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you have experience and you have, um, you know, you have uh, – uh, you know, been there before from uh, basically all of these other squads and, and the Bengals are, you know, now taking on the absolute, uh, t- you know, the, the impossible task of going into Arrowhead and beating the, uh, the chiefs that just did that to the Buffalo bills. And, uh, you know, there are like five or six angles that I think all favor the chiefs in this one. Um, there's really not a game state where I see how the Bengals, you know, can effectively pull off the upset. Um, and I think realistically, uh, you know, having their backs against the wall, uh, the chiefs really unlocked a lot of, uh, the best parts of their offense, uh, last week. And, um, you know, they have positive matchups with, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey going up against a weak, uh, you know, secondary in terms of defending the tight end, they have speed with 
Tyree kill against a secondary. That's somewhat slow. Um, their offensive line, I think is going to be able to pass protect beautifully against the Bengals pass rush. That is, uh, you know, that is limping into this contest. And then on the flip side, um, people look at the chiefs defense and the fact that they got gashed by the, uh, the Buffalo bills and think that they're back to the bad chiefs defense of the early part of the season. And I would just say, you know, Hey, they were up against an absolutely finely tuned weapon. That was the Josh Allen. Uh, and they, you know, the, the fact that they held him, uh, and forced him to get it done on fourth downs is actually a credit to them. And I think uh, with the pass rush that Chris Jones can bring going up against that weak interior uh, offensive line for Cincinnati, I think Joe Burrow and company are in for a long day. So uh, I think there are way more game states where we have one-sided action here, and this is a Chiefs blowout. And then there are game states where the Bengals are either going score for score uh, or even have a lead late into the fourth quarter here. So laying the seven with the Chiefs was kind of a, kind of a no-brainer. Drew, you're the best. We appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend. Let's go Ash Barty. Let's go Daniil Medvedev. Let's go football. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck, guys. Enjoy. You too. At whale underscore capper, by the way, is where you can find all of Drew's information, podcast, and beyond. Always some pithy tweets. We'll come back. A full two segments of championship weekend prop watch. And then Adam Levitan weighs in as well. It's VEASAN's primetime action. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.